Welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and I am alone. Not like existentially. I just mean uh, the other guys aren't here right now when I'm recording this intro. Due to holiday travel, we're scattered a bit this week. So we're putting together a Say That Advent special for you. We've got uh, some cool... Christmas content we've collected over the years, which we want to bring to you this week and hopefully help get you in the right mind space for the Christmas season. We know it's it's tough, it's busy, there's a lot going on. So my hope and our hope is that you'll be able to take the next hour or so, just relax, decompress, get some good, solid Christmas enjoyment in and get your mind ready to celebrate the coming of our Lord. And another thing that will help you do that is some good Christmas music, of course. Another thing we want to do this week is let you know that we have a Bridge Christmas album available right now. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on Tidal. It's on Amazon. I just got an email today that it's on Napster, which is apparently still a thing, which is just a surprise to me, but that's great. So wherever you get your music, you can stream the bridge christmas album and you can just search for it by that name we're also going to drop some tracks from it here in the show and we'll put the spotify and apple music links in the show description so we've got some great music for you we've also got a sermon that glenn preached at our bridge christmas service last year because christmas day was on a tuesday and we still had the bridge just like we will this year when christmas eve is on a Tuesday. Very important to us and very important to the men and women we serve at the bridge that we're there every week, and that includes getting to spend our Christmas time with them. The thing about that bridge Christmas service that I love is what we call it is keeping it real Christmas. And when you're in a room full of folks who, if we're going to be entirely honest, for the staff, it is our first choice of how to spend Christmas. It's There's nowhere else I'd rather be on Christmas Day. But for most of the folks there, they're in attendance because they don't have other things to do. They're in a drug rehab facility. They're away from their family. They're working on them, the consequences of the actions they've taken. So it's very important for us to to have a Christmas service, to have something that's nice for them, that's that's encouraging, that's that's loving, but that doesn't paper over the fact that Christmas can be a tough time, that there's there's lights and there's music and there's happy families everywhere. And if that's not your experience right now, then it can be one of the toughest times of year. And so that's one of the things I love about the Christmas services we have at the bridge, and you're going to hear that reflected in Glenn's sermon. It's also something I really like about the Christmas music that Jed has put together for us over the years is it takes that kind of idea head on. And uh, we're going to play our first song of the episode for you here. And it's, it's about that. This features the uh, beautiful vocal stylings of our friend Haley Connor. This is a song that Jed wrote. It's a little take on Joy to the World. And you can guess from the title, the, the angle it takes from, it's called 
Us Who Have No Joy. So I'll play that song, then you'll hear Glenn's sermon from Christmas 2018, and I'll be back to tell you what's coming next. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her King, let So tired that we're awake 
me tell you what. I'm going to start here. I'm going to talk about 10 beautiful women of God from Sangamon. Had passes to be out till 9 o'clock, but they came in early so they could be at the bridge. Yeah. Y'all win Christmas, okay? The, the rest of y'all, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on you, see if y'all are all right. Uh, I loved everything that uh, Miss Wyvetta was talking about, uh, about uh, how Jesus came he had all these struggles, and he started at the very bottom of the bottom. And I, I just want to pick up right where she was leaving off with that. And I want to ask this question, why? Why would God send his son into all these challenges and these controversies and these struggles? Why would he be poor? Why would he not? Jesus said one time, foxes have holes and birds have a nest, but I don't have any place to sleep. This is, this is a rough life. Why? Do you ever think about that? Do you ever ask yourself about that? See, I think all big, amazing things start small and messy. All big, important things start small and messy. Can y'all resonate with that? Some of you say, I'm just at the beginning. It's, it's just small progress, and it's pretty messy. <laughs> to me, that's a big deal. When you look at Jesus, don't, who was impressed with that? It's just a baby. What are you, he's clearly don't have any money either. What, what's the big deal? Here's, here's what the Bible says about that. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Don't despise these small beginnings. Another translation says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Which I, I like that. That's what Christmas is. It's a day of small beginnings. I mean, Jesus is literally small. Now, if, you, if I'm in heaven and, 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 and I'm in Jesus' position, God says, okay, I'm going to send you down there. I'm going to say, okay, here's what I'm going to vote for. Uh, 20 foot tall, <laughs> shooting laser beams out of my eyeballs, and just smiting people. Anybody that's acting funky, I just wipe them out. And God says, no, you've got to be born as a little, little bitty baby. See, he's trying to send us a message there. All progress, all progress is messy. All progress is messy. I see some people that, you know, they say, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I got my, it's buttoned up to here, and I got my Bible tucked under my arm, and everything's great. It's all, I'm just blessed and highly favored. I see that looks suspicious to me. <laughs> Every time I made progress in my spiritual life, and some of it I made progress, slid back down and made the progress again. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Oh, and then I did that about five more times, and I caught a gear. Okay. But every time I made progress, if you asked me how am I doing, I'd say, tired. <laughs> and also, I have a little bit of an attitude. How about that? <laughs> see, uh, it's messy making forward progress. And we see some of y'all come in on, on, on a Tuesday, and you're tired, and you feel like, man, I'm just barely hanging on. And we say, now that's a sign of progress. 
And we see that. We celebrate that. We respect that. I want you to know there is no place on God's green earth I would rather be on Christmas Day than right here. You know what I mean? I love each and every one of you. You think I don't mean you. I do. I mean you. This is a big deal to us. You are, you are my Christmas gift to myself that I get to be here and be with you. This is, you have no idea. The, the world can kind of, does everything it can to try and trick us into thinking, oh, you're just a small person and a small little deal and you don't want to amount to anything. You're never going to be about anything. You're just a little pebble and you make a little splash and no one is ever going to know your name or, or anything. That's not what God says about you. And when I pray for you and I pray for everybody in this room, I say, God, what am I working with here? Some of it looks a little messy. And God says, you have no idea. You have no idea how much I love this child. You have no idea what they're capable of. It's a small beginning, but God doesn't despise it. He doesn't hate your small beginning. He's happy and rejoicing to see the work begin. That's you. He's talking about you. Here's another thing about Christmas. God came down. Okay, he came down. Some of you trying to work your way up to heaven somehow. I'm going to behave myself. And one day I just walk straight in. I love y'all. This plan is not going to work. Uh, you, you, we got too far to go on this plan. I've got too far to go and I've been working on it a long time. We can't climb some ladder to get up to heaven with good behavior. This is never going to work. And here's the beautiful part. It doesn't have to. Because God came down to us. He came down to us. That's, a, that's an important thing for us to work out. That we, We're always trying to figure out how can I get God to hear me? And how can I get him to love me and, and, and come see about me and, and, and have his heart towards me? And we forget he came down to us. That's how he feels about you. He came down to you. Uh, this is the other thing about all the plans that God has for you and everything he wants to do with you. We have this funny way of feeling like that's not for us, right? Uh, one of the things that, that we do as part of this ministry is we uh, develop uh, media materials. You know, Jed, that you see up here doing music, well, he, does, he produces music, and then he puts that on the Internet, and people all over the world will, will hear that, and, and some of them will donate some money, and that's part of how we keep the lights on, we keep doing what we're doing, put gas in the van to come see y'all. Well, here's the thing. He puts this music together, and every now and then he'll come up to somebody and say, well, look, I see that you play guitar. Here's the thing. I've got a, a deal that I've worked out with a, with a studio owner, and they're going to give it, uh, some time for free or next to free and I, I know a producer and he'll work for free or next to free and so we're going to put you in there and we're going to, it's just going to be like you're a rock star, you're going to record this song and we're going to broadcast this to all over the world now you think the only response to this is yes finally but it's not here's what we get a lot of oh man, oh, oh I don't know. Uh, uh, you don't have like somebody better to. Uh, okay, but I don't know if it's. Uh, 
Ooh, okay, I might be busy though. I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, wait a second, we just made your whole dream come true. This is your moment. All of a sudden, you start feeling insecure. You start thinking, maybe it's not me. This is how we do with God. God can come down and come to this room and come to some of y'all and say, I'm about to use you to do something amazing. Oh, ah. Ah, you mean like today? Um, maybe like one of these other brothers. I don't know, but, uh, I, you know, I'll help out or something. But, you know, we get this way going and we don't think, I'm sure that's how Mary felt. That, I'm sure that's how lots of people feel when God comes to them. You know, the, the, the Bible says that when the angels came down and they told the shepherds, right? They told the shepherds that Jesus is born. What I want to know is how many people did they go through till they got down to shepherds? <laughs> you think they started with shepherds, but I don't, I don't know about that idea. They went to important people. Hey, there's a baby being born. You could go see it. Like, I, don't, I don't care. I'm busy. You don't know. They well worked all the way down to a guy standing in a field. You could go see a baby. Well, it's, it, there's nothing happening here. So, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. you, you think now that this, this, is not, this is not the attitude we should have towards God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip that around. Here, I'm going to tell you this. This is a story that Jesus told in, in, the, in the Bible. I'm going to skip around a little bit in this chapter. Do you have that? Yeah, Matthew 22. This is Jesus talking. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. And he prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. See, he's, he's saying this is like, I've invited you to be part of what I'm doing with Jesus. So he sent his banquet, tell people to come to the banquet. The banquet is like a fancy party with lots of food. And he said, I'm going to tell them to come. They, but they refused to come. And the king said to his servants, go to the street corners and invite the banquet to the banquet, anyone you find. So the servants went out the street and gathered, this is the important part, the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. I'm pointing to bad here. The bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. <coughs> Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. There was a guy with a donkey cart came through town and said, do you want to come to a wedding? And the guy said, well, you know, do they have soup or what? What's... Because I don't know if it's a wedding that's free food, just get on the donkey cart. Well, I, I'm just saying I like soup because they, they, they're going to have soup or what? Is it better than soup? Just get on the cart and he's, uh, well, all right, but we'll see. If there's no soup, I might leave early. Okay. He got a, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like that. It's people that don't know what this is or why they're there and what is, I don't know. Some of y'all walked into here this way. Somebody started your relationship with God that way. Was like, I don't know what this is. I just like soup. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't have anything else better to do. I'm just looking at sheep. That's all I've got right now. Let me, okay, I'll go see what this is. It's not how you come in, brothers and sisters. It's the way you go out. It's not how you come in. You come in any way you come in. We'll take you exactly where you are. Nobody judges you in this place. Never, never. 
It's not how you come in. It's how you go out. Amen? Amen. We love you. God bless you. Yes. We love you. We love you. I hope you enjoyed that sermon and the music. Of course, we're not the only ones making Christmas music. I had the good fortune to sit down with a really extraordinary man named Jonathan Butler, um, who is a Grammy award-winning jazz musician. And he was in town, actually, for the tree lighting ceremony in Chicago, where they light a Christmas tree in Millennium Park. He was playing that. And I got to sit down with him at the restaurant in his hotel, which is why you're going to hear a good bit of background noise in this interview, but it's a little a little ambiance. And if I'm being entirely honest, it was a, a pretty cool experience for me to uh, be able to interview someone in the nicest hotel I've ever been allowed to set foot in, which was uh, kind of a cool experience. But got to talk to, to Jonathan about his Christmas album with a lot of amazingly talented friends. And also about some work he does in his native South Africa with uh, kids who are in poverty, who need education, who need art, who uh, need a lot of help. And this amazing thing he works with called the Lalela Foundation, you're going to hear him talk about as well as the record. I'm really glad we got to do both of those in one sitting because I think it really fits. It's worth always reminding ourselves that at its most basic elements, uh, the story of Christmas is a story of a child born into poverty. And there are still children born into poverty. There are still things we can do. You know, there's uh, however many Christmas carols about what would I bring if I were to meet the baby Jesus. And of course, we know that Christ says in Matthew 25 that whatever we do for the, the poor that are still on earth is what we would do and do. For him, so amazing conversation with Jonathan about Christmas, Christmas music, and taking that spirit into helping these amazing kids he works with. So we're going to play a little snippet of our own Pool House Gurus. Take on Oh Holy Night, then you're going to hear my conversation with Jonathan Butler. Oh Holy Night, yeah. the stars
few hours away from the tree lighting. Yeah. All things going. So Christmas together is your second Christmas record, right? It's my second one, yes. yes. What What is it about Christmas music? What brings you back to that? Well, the last Christmas album I did was about seven years ago. And, you know, that was very... I really quickly put that together. Like, it took me a very short time. I had a short time to actually make that record. And, um, and these were all songs that people loved, you know, that I do every year at Christmas. Songs like um, A Holy Night, Drummer Boy, um, so a Sleigh Ride. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, you know, that was seven years ago. And so this time I wanted to do a record with all my friends, you know. So I called everybody up and everybody agreed to participate. Kirk Whalen, Gerald Albright, Rick Braun and Dave Cars and uh, this incredible singer Shalea uh, works with Quincy Jones and David Foster and my friend Keiko Matsui from Japan. She played a beautiful, um, we did a great version of um, Oh, Come Be Rest Merry Gentlemen. And, you know, she did that. And, um, and also then the whole thing kind of just turned into, you know, uh, a really special project. And when you look at the album cover, you get the actual artwork was done by um, my 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 uh, non-profit organization that I support in South Africa called Lelela. Okay. Which is uh, Lelela means to listen, oh. and that's what the, the word actually means. And the scarf I'm wearing, this was designed by the kids. The, these oh, wow. are um, at-risk children that we educate through art and education. Mm. Uh, realizing their potential, their entrepreneurial spirit. So one of the kids, actually a few children worked on the album sleeve. Oh wow! And created the cover that you see. Yeah, I've got it in front of me. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and these are all done by the children of um, Lelela in South Africa. And so about five thousand children are being, you know, we 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 take care through education and art. Five thousand children. Wow. And uh, we've built high schools and um, you know after-school programs, and um, so so that kids can be safe. The environment, environment where they live and come from, is pretty you know gang-infested and drug-infested. Yeah. Mm. So you know them being at risk, the results has been amazing. Yeah. Um, you know uh, from all the scarves they did, the kids design, from everything that we see now happening in Lalela is actually incredible so the, the album is not just about you know Christmas together but it's also highlighting and, and bringing more awareness to the charity that I really love and support in South Africa yeah, yeah and I'd, I'd love to hear more about it so you grew up in apartheid era Johannesburg yeah, yeah right? I'm, I'm 58 so I grew up in you know I was born in 60s so I lived through apartheid and segregation and and so you know I'm, I've I've it's definitely shaped my life. Mm-hmm. It's definitely that's shaped my life a lot. Yeah. Well, and it shaped obviously so many lives, and, and obviously in South Africa, but yeah. the things going on in that era. But in a, I, I don't mean to sound flippant when I say it sounds like it. Parts of it shaped your life to the positive, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. There things just spun out of that. Absolutely. That you you know, if you here? think about, you know, I'm not, you know, if you think about people like. Uh, Nelson Mandela who was in prison for 27 years and how that shaped his whole life to you know come out of prison 27 years later and and stand for peace and unity in the country 
Um, yeah, so our struggles, our personal struggles, does have a lot to do about shaping our lives and how we allow it to shape our lives, you know, because you just don't get there on your own. You know, you yeah. get there with a little help from people who care about you, people who, uh, you know, nurture you. And so I've had a lot of, if it wasn't for somebody who introduced me to Christ, I would have never been in this place I am today. You know, where I can say all of the things that's happened in my life has definitely shaped who I am, you know, yeah. Well, and among those, leaving home very young to tour and perform, yeah, right? Yeah, I left very young. I left, um, I became a responsible kid <laughs> from the age of seven, working for my parents. Wow. So, I was the youngest, you know, breadwinner at home. And so, all I know all I know is responsibility, mm -hmm. you know. So I still do take care of my family in South Africa. And, and you know, I, I strongly want to give back. That's that's very important to me. And what, from those experiences, because I don't know any specifics, obviously, but knowing the entertainment industry, I imagine not everybody you encountered was out for your best interests. Oh, no, I mean, listen, I grew up in this business. If you, When you grow up it's so young in this music business, Man, there's sharks everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and you just bait until until you wake up one day and you, you know, you realize that there are the takers always, there's the exploiters, the people that exploit you. And so I've, I've experienced all of that, but you know, I've also experienced a lot of positive things. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, through music, I've been able to, you know, I speak English through music. I've traveled the world because of music. I, God's opened doors for me. And um, so you gotta take the whole ride. You can't take yeah. half the ride sure. if you wanna, you know, you can't just always think about the destination. It's never about the destination. Mm -hmm. It's really just the journey and enduring, mm -hmm. enduring this race that you're running so that you can, you know, when you, you can look back and see, well, you know, hey, I'm still here with everybody else, you yeah. know. Um, so, and it's it's loving the music, loving what you're born to do, and and that's what I I have always loved what I do. I've mm -hmm. always loved it. So, music has never made me feel like I don't want to do it, even if I'm physically tired or mentally tired. The minute I get in front of a stage or put my guitar on me and stand in front of a microphone. I'm ready, yeah. you know, I'm ready, so, and it's again loving what I do, loving everything I do, loving just making music, discovering new music, discovering that I can still make another album, mm -hmm. you know, and, and come up with creative ideas, collaborations, so it's, like, it's still exciting for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How, does, how does Christmas music play into that? Is it a different thing to, as opposed to maybe an audience that for your original songs might yeah. know you might not you yeah. know like you're saying with Christmas songs yeah. everybody knows these everybody knows so these yeah everybody knows them and what I've done you know for me is I've just always kept my roots and my musical experiences and culture within the Christmas album so mm. though they old songs that people know rhythmically and melodically you'll experience something different yeah because I love space I love texture so when you when you listen to the album this Christmas album 
you'll find there's a lot of space. Yeah. And you'll find the songs are not actually very long either because there's something about the, it, it just having space in music, allowing for things to breathe and, and not over-cluttering everything, you know. So that's how I kind of approach all yeah. of these songs and the albums. Like, just make it my, make it my own. <laughs> make it South African, bringing all of that experiences to it. And, it, and all those little subtleties just makes a huge difference because I don't believe that you, can, you should take a Christmas famous song like A Holy Night and turn it into some avant-garde experience. You know what I mean? I think keep Everybody song, loves a 12-tone scale. Yeah, but just keep it pure. Let the story just be pure, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing that also your audience has those their own Christmas memories and ideas. Yeah. And, you're bringing yourself to that in a way they're bringing themselves yeah. to that. Yeah, and there's songs, like I said, there's songs that I've done over the past 12 years that people won't expect me to do when they mm -hmm. come to my concerts. They're like, oh, you know, are you going to sing this song or Holy Night? And are you going to do Drummer Boy? And so there's songs that, you know, I, that still people want to hear. Yeah. And trust me, I don't know. I, again, it, it's all about it, keeping it simple. Is the, is the recipe that I always live by, you know? Well, it's wonderful what you're describing. Is there something with the kids you work with, with Lalela, your title is coming, coming against, right, Global Entertainment Ambassador? Uh, yeah, Global Intent, yes, yes. Is there something powerful about showing these kids you can be as South African as you are? Oh, I mean, absolutely. You can come to Chicago, you can go to the places, and people will want that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the biggest struggle I've always had is and also South Africans have had is that we we all we all look for the opportunity to perform on a big stage mm. on an international stage the American stage is the American dream for all of us so yes it's important for me to let these kids know that, that it is possible even you may not be able to go to, the, to America but you might be able to bring America to you America might want to come and actually check you out. Yeah. And so the music business have changed a lot. I mean, you can, I can write with you from Cape Town to Chicago. We can collaborate over yeah. the phone, over the internet. But um, it's, your, it's, you know, it's, it's just, I want to show the kids from the Layla that I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. I'm one of them. I grew up like them. No education. You know, I grew up poor. And, you know, through hard work, anything is possible. So when I talk to them, I, they can actually physically see. I'm right there. They can see this is, this is the result of somebody who's been through hard times and big struggles and poverty. And he's standing right in front of us right now, talking to us and encouraging us to continue. Yeah. You know, so it's important. If I was living in the States, it would be important for me to see people that that have done well so I can aspire to do that. Yeah. So, and that, in you know, just by giving your time, just spending time with these kids in a room for a day, you come out richer. Absolutely. You know, and so I've, I do that. I go and I sit and I... You know, we interact with art and we kind of create stuff and I'll sing, I'll talk, I'll explain why I, I love this chord, why I, why I think this is the way yeah. I should sing it. So it's been really amazing that the interaction with the kids 
and hearing the stories of how difficult their lives were when they came into Lalela. Their lives were hard. Mm-hmm. And now Lalela provides the, all these tools, uh, education, art programs, music programs, after-school programs, where online people can sponsor my kids, people can sponsor the kids mm-hmm. through, through online, through my record and so the, the proceeds from my album goes towards the Layla as well. So it is, um, it's an awesome thing because from the seven years ago, there was really nothing there. Really? You know, there was like a hall and we met at the hall and we met the kids outside. And now we have a full grown high school in Cape Town, Johannesburg, Durban. And it's, it's, you could see the, uh, the impact mm-hmm. that this program has. You know? And the key is that listening. Yeah. That's what Lalela stands for, means to listen. And that's what we've seen when we were there now in October, is that the kids are responding yeah. in such a positive way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody wants to be listened to. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's been hard. That's, that's hard on a lot of people like myself who grew up, you know, having to just completely fend and try to survive. That's hard. Yeah, and with the the art stuff, it is hard. I, we work with, in our day job, young people and even older folks who just, they have that trauma in their youth. That could be trauma of physical violence. That could right. just be the trauma of growing up right. food insecure or exactly. poor. That's, exactly. That's, exactly. That impacts the, the brain in the same way as Absolutely. trauma does. Absolutely. What is giving them the art aspect of that? Does that allow them to... Express some things they couldn't otherwise? That's what art, the power of art is that it allows them to express their deepest inner, even fears, even, you know, even trauma, um, and even their biggest joys when you see them uh, create such album cover that I asked them to, to create. You can see everything, every detail is connected to me. I'm connected to that. And, and, um, so the art aspect is, is a, a powerful vehicle allowing the kids to get to a place of education, mm-hmm. you know, because then you're, you, there's such a different level of focus and yeah. level, and all the kudos goes out to the teachers that are, yeah. that are at Lalela School because they are the ones that, you know, have seen these kids come into classrooms difficult, mm-hmm. difficult, traumatized from home to where now they sit and they create. Yeah. You know, and they create, and their art is in the Four Seasons, and, and wow. you know, it's 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 everywhere. You know, so yeah, yeah. Our extreme thanks to Jonathan Butler for sitting down and chatting with me again. A great record and a really really cool thing to hear about his work in South Africa. So one last bit of Advent content we want to give you and point you towards is a really cool project from our own Lee Younger. So Lee is doing daily Advent devotionals, audio devotionals on Spotify. And even if you uh, aren't a Spotify subscriber, they're podcasts, so you should be able to access them on the free Spotify uh, plan. But it's a really cool thing. He's walking us through just thoughts on... Christmas, on Advent, on how it relates to, to the Old Testament, to the, this long promise of Jesus coming. So we want to play the first one of those. So again, you can guess there's going to be 25 of these, but this is chapter one. So 
If you're not uh, tuning into those yet, they're about 10 minutes a piece, super easy to get caught up between now and Christmas, or you can just jump in wherever the newest one is, of course. So we're going to take you to that. You're going to notice a little intro music. That's by our friend Zach Hughes, a very talented gentleman out of Nashville, who is also contributes a little bit to the Bridge Christmas album, which I don't know if I mentioned that's available on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you download or stream music. So we're going to take you to that, and then we're going to take you out with a little bit of rock. A song from our friends over at the Bridge Loud, featuring some very talented listeners of this here podcast. It's that take on O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We will be back next week with a regular question-answering episode, so you can get those questions in to say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Calm. We'll see you next week. I'm used to doing this at the end of the episode. It's very weird to do it when there's still several minutes left, but we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Promise. An audio devotion for the Christmas season. Chapter 1. He kept his promise. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. Hosea chapter 6, verse 3. God came down into the world. Now, don't let that statement run past you too quickly. Maybe go back and give that first sentence another spin around the block, and and this time, really take it in. Let it steep. Think about it for a while. Don't let it be like when you're walking through a parking garage and you halfway notice some spray paint on the wall that says, Josh was here. Instead, think about all the times you found yourself in a moment of sheer desperation and you cried out to God wherever he is and whatever he's like, uttering, wishing, screaming, or merely thinking with all of your will and might, God help me. Remember those times and then join them together with all the similar cries of every single heart that has ever beat on this planet in hospital waiting rooms, in shaking hands, paying overdue bills and exams, and much-needed breakups, in boardrooms, and bedrooms, and battlefields all over this world. And then look at that spray paint on the wall one more time, and let the realization sink in that it happened. It actually happened. He answered. He came. He showed up. God was here. In some ways, God coming down here was the most extraordinary thing that has ever happened. And yet, in other ways, it was the most ordinary thing that happens every day, in every corner of the globe, and always has. What I mean is, God didn't just come down here. He was born here. In other words, the eternal Son of God, who had no beginning but has always existed since before there was time, somehow condescended and became an embryo growing inside the womb of a teenage girl. 
a situation that is both utterly miraculous and yet completely normal. Girls get pregnant all the time. Babies grow and are born all the time. And yet this was different. This girl had never even had sex before. And this baby wasn't just a baby, but the Almighty Himself. The Ancient of Days. The Creator of the whole universe. God in the flesh. Birth is normal, and yet not normal. Everyone is born, and yet every birth is special. While you're listening to this, babies will be born all over the place. It's happening right now. In every hospital, in every city, in every country, in the whole world, there are doctors and midwives who have witnessed and assisted so many births that nothing could be more commonplace than a woman bringing a baby into the world. And yet, it's not just normal, it's amazing. And when it's your baby, it's the most amazing thing that has ever happened. I'll never forget what it was like when my wife gave birth. I'll never forget watching our children arrive in our world. I'll never get over the awe of holding them for the first time and falling in love with these tiny people who couldn't even open their eyes. Do you think Mary understood what all was happening when Jesus was born? Do you think she contemplated the implications of God becoming man? History's most brilliant minds have pondered, debated, speculated, reasoned, and written all about the theological intricacies of the doctrine of the Incarnation. And still, honest people recognize that we're in way over our heads with this stuff. No matter how brilliant we think we are, there's so much we'll never understand about God becoming a human. Did Mary care about any of that? How much of all that unreachable depth was in her teenage mind on the night God showed up? Obviously, I don't know the answer, but my guess is she didn't care. I'd say she just held him, sang to him, fed and rocked him to sleep. She was thankful he was healthy. She couldn't take her eyes off him. She cried those happy tears. He was the most beautiful thing she had ever seen. In short, Mary didn't need to plumb the depths of academic theological doctrine because she was too busy falling in love. I know this because I watched my wife do this. I saw her become a mom. I felt the same wave crashing over me as well. From the moment I heard our first baby's heartbeat, I was smitten. I mean, there are so many things to learn about being a good parent. So many books to read and rules to follow. And everyone you meet has a thousand opinions on the right way to do it. And before you have your baby, it can all be pretty overwhelming. But an incredible thing happens when you first hold that helpless little person in your own hands. All those mountains of information and endless standards kind of go out the window. And they're replaced by an all-consuming, fire-breathing love. Love takes over. And now, you can kind of write the books yourself. And this is what makes Christmas special. It's what separates Jesus from everything else. It's the thing that makes Christianity different and unique. 
Every religion offers you a standard to meet. They hand you a list of behaviors to fall in line with, like a code to keep. And they all work like this. I'll tell you how to be, and you promise you'll be that way. And to the extent that you keep your promise, you'll be okay. If you follow through. If you do what you said you would, then maybe you'll qualify. Maybe, just maybe, you'll make it. And that's where Jesus is different. He doesn't ask you to make any promises. He already knows you can't keep them. And he's really okay with that. You don't have to keep your word. He is going to keep his. Jesus is the one making promises here. He is the one who follows through. Way back in the human wreckage of the Old Testament, God spoke through a prophet called Hosea, who said this, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Jesus doesn't make you promise to rise up to where he is. He has promised to come down, to rain down on you where you are. Once upon a time, on a perfectly normal and yet completely miraculous night, the Almighty God kept his promise to us. In a dirty shed down a back alley in a tiny town, he appeared, just like he said he would. Mary and Joseph saw God, and they fell in love, which is all he ever really wanted in the first place. God came down into the world, and he did it because he said he would. <laughs>